Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. The following segment is from The Look Ahead on the SB Nation NFL Show, where we're discussing your favorite team. Subscribe to the SB Nation NFL Show to make sure you don't miss conversations like this one. Charles McDonald, senior writer for For the Win, and you uh, SB Nation fans may remember him for his work with the Falcoholic. What's up, Charles? What's up? Yeah, it feels uh, good to be back in the old stomping grounds. Uh, having worked for SB Nation for a while, but it's cool to see what you guys are uh, doing with the place and all the new podcasts. So thanks for having me on. Anytime. Let me tell you, I've only been here since August. Your name is like legendary in the halls of SB Nation. <laughs> yeah, we, look, I can't even lie. We had a lot of fun back in the day. Uh, but, you know, it's just kind of cool to see everyone, you know, go, moving on and uh, doing cool stuff uh, after we were all together. But yeah, I, it was it was an absolute blast working there. All right. So first, I want your thoughts on the 17 regular season games. Do you hate it or do you hate it? I hate it because not just because like it's more punishment on the players. Like my whole thing is like you had the perfect aesthetic going with the 32 games, 16 game season, 12 teams make the playoffs like it just worked. And now I guess we're probably going to end up getting used to it, not really caring uh, probably just take us one season to get over that. But uh, 17 games, it just doesn't click the same as 16 games and odd number records. It, it just, it's not right. Like, you know how hard we have to work to get a team to be 500 now? You have to go 8-8-1. Eight, eight, and one. And that's, <laughs> it, it, it just messed up. But uh, I, I guess I'm a fan of it because, I mean, I love watching football. So one more week to watch it during the regular season is kind of nice. And to get the Super Bowl pushed back a week, I think is, you know, it's not bad, but uh, it, it just seems like a little bit too much. I mean, 17 games, like, why not 18? Let's at least keep it an even number. I think 18 is probably on the way. Um, yeah. like this, this is the first step. Um, it does kind of feel like, to your point, Charles, about, like, messing up, like, a good thing. If, like, this is the final season of Game of Thrones, right? Like, it's like you had this great thing um you were so close and you just couldn't stop messing with it the thing that i'm most looking forward to is uh is there's going to be somebody who when we're all in the middle of week 18 maybe it's going to be you uh that writes this like and i i say this like maybe it would be an assignment um you know like x team would have had a winning record if not for you know this final week like who's going to be the coach or whatever that comes out and defends themselves and says like yeah if not for that final you know week 18 game we would have been fine um, um, so this has birthed a whole new sort of like stratosphere of takes. Yeah. And it's just gross. Like who wants to go 10 and seven? Like let's keep it a clean 10 and six and get back to what we know as proud Americans. You know, this is, this is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I definitely think it's the kind of thing where we all complain now. And then when we see chiefs Packers in week 17 this year, we're going to be like, Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> let's dive into switch gears a little bit. We'll go to the draft. 
I'm uh, as a Niner fan and someone that covers the Niners, I'm all in number three, who they're going to pick. Let's break it all down. But regardless, even if three quarterbacks go one, two, three at the top of this draft, there's going to be a quarterback available for the Atlanta Falcons if they want to take him. But given what they did with Matt Ryan, Charles, I don't know that they could because that guy's going to have to sit for two years. Yeah, well, it kind of depends like how things play out. Like I think if you're a Falcons fan who wants a quarterback, you need to root for Matt Ryan to play like as mediocre as possible. Because if you look at his contract, I know they restructured it, which makes it like less likely to take a quarterback, but they can still trade him next offseason and – have that work out for them, like, and still save some cap. Uh, but that that's really their only, the only way that that can happen. So I think if you're a Falcons fan who wants to take a quarterback, if, you, if Matt Ryan's too good, then, I, I mean, that's great, but you're, you've you got a, you know, fourth overall pick sitting on the bench for two seasons, which can kind of be a little bit of an expensive burden for someone who's not playing. Uh, and if he sucks, then no one's going to want to trade for Matt Ryan. So, uh, I think if you're a Falcons fan who wants to see a new QB on the field, you need to have root for like, you know, top 15 season for Matt Ryan, which is definitely possible, I think. Uh, and, and that's kind of the way that they can get a quarterback in at four and then have him play next season. Uh, but I think, you know, there are options for them at, at four. And I think that there are like three reasonable options for them to go through. One, take the quarterback. You know, you can set yourself up with, Justin Fields or Trey Lance, like one of those guys is guaranteed to be there and have that guy sit behind Matt Ryan for a season and, and keep it moving. Two, Kyle Pitts. I mean, I am always shaky about taking tight ends uh, that high in the draft. It's because, you know, it's a lot you have to learn. You have to learn not only uh, how to, you know, be an NFL player, but you're also learning like the physicality of NFL defensive linemen when you're blocking and you have to learn pass schemes and pass coverages uh, at the same time. So, that's a little shaky when it comes to tight ends being drafted early, but Kyle Pitts is so special that you just kind of think of him like you know, if we can put him in the same offense with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, that could be enough to keep like an aging Matt Ryan, at least to be competent over the next couple of seasons. And I think your third realistic option that makes sense is just to trade down because if you don't want to take a quarterback and you might feel like that Pitts is too four is too high to take a tight end, then you can trade down, potentially get another first round pick for next year from a team who is uh, looking for a quarterback at four. I mean, there's been rumors that the Panthers are trying to trade up. I think in order for the Panthers and Falcons to make a trade, the Panthers will have to give up a lot because you don't just want to give to the division rival quarterback. But uh, those are kind of three options, quarterback, cop pits, or trade down. Charles, I am. I cover the Cowboys here at SB Nation, so the world revolves around them as far as I'm concerned. Um, and this this feels very similar when, to when they had the f- number four overall pick in 2016 when they ended up taking Zeke. At the time, like at this time, um, five years ago, there was all this, you've got to take Jared Goff, you've got to take Carson Wentz if they somehow fall before uh, Tennessee and Cleveland had traded out with uh, with LA and, um, and with Philly because, I mean, Tony Romo had just been hurt. He had just missed 12 games the year prior. And I think that that's the difference here. 
and I don't want to like put this into the universe, but it does feel like we are that moment away. Like Matt Ryan is at that part of his career where he's had this like sustained run of health, but the moment that that, you know, glass breaks, no, no pun intended, like everything changes and like your whole perception of the organization and maybe even the organization's perception of the organization changes. Do you think that like that we are, you know, he's been kind of like not defying odds, but, but that the NFLness of it all hasn't caught up to him and that maybe, you know, if that does happen, that's, that's to me why I feel like you almost have to take the quarterback because you're not on borrowed time, but you are in this very luxurious spot where you've never had to be in that spot as a franchise. It's about the opportunity cost to me. Like, if Matt Ryan was 30, I mean, they've kind of been in the situation before back in 2014 when uh, they ended up picking Jake Matthews six overall. Like, you know, you're not even thinking about a quarterback because at that point, you know, Matt Ryan's still like 30 years old or what have you. You still have a lot of years left on his prime. But now, you know, we, we're kind of starting to see the play decline a little bit. I know that Julio Jones was out uh, for a good chunk of last season, but, you know, Matt Ryan in the past has shown that he can kind of power through stretches without Julio Jones. And I think that that's getting a little bit harder for him. So uh, it, it's it's not really an indictment on Matt Ryan, the player, or Matt Ryan, like the Falcons legend uh, that he is. It's just like you – like it, it's, it's hard to get these top five draft picks where you don't have to give up assets to get them. And, yeah, you have to suffer through a 4-12 and 12 season to get there, but you have a really good opportunity to not have to struggle at quarterback after Matt Ryan, you know, he's either traded next offseason or, or retires in a couple of years. And, you know, I think that Falcons fans who are, like, really concerned about taking quarterback at four, like, when was the last time the Falcons had, like, a truly terrible quarterback situation? 2007, after Vic, you know, went to prison. And that was only one season. You, you <laughs> suffer through one season, then you get Matt Ryan the next year. The first pass of his career, he throws a touchdown pass. Before Vic, like, you had some solid years with Chris Chandler, like, as bad as things have gone with the Falcons and, you know, the Super Bowl and the NFC Championship games, you haven't really had a whole lot of years of bad quarterback play. And I tell you what, you don't want to sit through that. Like, you don't want to put yourself in a situation where Matt Ryan retires and you got nothing left. So maybe Trey Lance or Justin Fields don't work out, but you, I think you at least need to give yourself the option to have that guy sitting behind Ryan for a year. As we kind of zoom out a little bit here, what is the legacy of Matt Ryan? Because I agree, like you just said, I think he's, you could make the case he's the greatest player in Falcons history when you consider like the length of time he was there and the numbers that he's put up. But I feel like if you talk to anybody else around the league about Matt Ryan, the response you get is, meh. Yeah, I think I was, uh, I was actually talking to uh, Bomani Jones about this a couple months ago in DMs and, we came to the conclusion is he's a local legend. He should have his Jersey retired by the team. And I think that that's fine. Like, I don't think that he's someone that needs to be, you know, needs to get like a hall of fame push. He had a really good career, almost won a Super Bowl. He got an MVP and like, that's nice. Like, I don't, I don't think it needs to be that much more than that. Will he get some hall of fame votes? I'm sure like he'll get a couple, but I don't think he'll ever have like the big, like the Hall of Fame push that maybe a guy like Philip Rivers is going to have uh, in a couple of years. But I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. Like he came in to the franchise when it was at his lowest point, got him back to the playoffs like immediately. And it's been a pretty fun 10 years outside, outside the Super Bowl, you know? So uh, I, I'm, I'm thankful for Matt Ryan for not making him sit through the quarterback sewer after Vic left. And, you know, I, I think he put his jersey in the rafters at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium and keep it moving. 
Gina Kelly has um, has obviously let us all know how painful it is to be a Falcons fan, but I think you've provided this like weird sense of of hope uh, and about like I'm not jealous or anything, but it is it is it sounds delightful. Like the the attitude you have is really pleasant, and I think that's important. Um, well, this, well, I mean, they they just crushed us. <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just like you're weakened. You don't have any more energy left to fight. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like if they yeah. like I, my fal- my friends who are Falcons fans. Uh, who don't follow like as intently intensely as I do. They're just like, I just want the team to be fun again. Like, can we just get fun football back in Atlanta again? I'm like, you know what? That's fair. After the past few years, that's fair as a goal. So yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens upcoming. Right. My last one for you, Charles, I guess this is a, a great you know way to, to spring off your like lack of energy. I feel like at one point, just from afar, there was this, it was dumb at the time. Um, like Joe Flacco, Matt Ryan thing that is, is this thing, an understandable thing because of draft classes and stuff. But do you feel like, cause now we've all just like, you know, the three of us here haven't gotten like apathetic about Matt Ryan, but just, I mean, to stats, his points that he's eh, like, now, if, if you had to if you had to say who was better over the course of their NFL careers, like do you even have the energy to argue for Matt Ryan, or are you willing to just like concede? Oh no, I, on that one, I'll, I'll argue for Matt Ryan because <laughs> I I lived, okay. uh, man, I, I so I went to high school right outside Baltimore in Owens Mills, and <laughs> I remember there was one year where the Falcons and Ravens were playing on Thursday Night Football, I think, and I made a bet with one of my friends that. You know, if the Falcons win, next day we come to school, you got to wear my Michael Turner jersey. And if the if the Ravens won, then I would have to wear, like, his Ray Lewis jersey. And on the last play of the game, one of the last offensive plays that the Falcons had, Roddy White scores a touchdown, and he had the biggest push-off. Like, he's, he's coming in on his route. There's a safety coming down on him. And he just shoves this guy to the ground, catches the ball, and walks in for a touchdown. And you know what? I'm okay having, like, my beef be settled that way because my side won. So I'm, I'm chilling that way. And like people who want to argue Matt Ryan and Joe Flacco, like I'll do that every day because people go, oh, well, what, what if uh, Joe Flacco had, you know, Roddy White and Julio Jones and Tony Gonzalez to throw to? I'm like, all right, well, what if Matt Ryan had like years and years of top 10 defenses instead of literally two competent defenses since 2008? Uh, and John Harbaugh as opposed to, you know. Right, a what? rotating door of Mike Smith and Dan right. Quinn and now Arthur Smith. Like you can go back and forth with that. Matt Ryan produced. Joe Flacco has been a backup for years now. I think that that story is closed. And anyone who wants to uh, argue with me, you can come see me about that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Real quick before we go, what is your level of confidence in Arthur Smith? I think it's reasonable for fans to expect for the Falcons offense to be like back top 10 this year. If like, if Arthur Smith is as good as a play caller as I think he is, I think that like a top 10 offense on the whole is a reasonable expectation. So I, I'm a huge fan of what he did in Tennessee. I, I watched probably half their season uh, just in terms of the offensive reps. I think it's great. A lot of stuff in the red zone shows a lot of creativity. The Falcons have missed really since uh, really since Kyle Shanahan was here. So I'm excited. And if he's as good as advertised and they take Kyle Pitts at, at four, like you're going to tell me that if we're talking about one of the, someone that we perceive to be the best play callers in the NFL, if you give him – Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts. Like, that should be a a top 10 offense, I think. You can hear the rest of this conversation by subscribing to the SB Nation NFL Show wherever you get your podcasts.